Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Rockin' the Carolinas, but is Rockin' the Nightaway edition, and even more so, this is our first two-hour live show. And I'm your host, Zach Martin, and with me, as always, Lee Clark, coming back to us again from the pregame show, and we're actually going to have more of our admins, our collaborators, come on later on the show, hopefully, once family stuff gets settled down. Hoping to see you guys on here with Clark, uh, Lee. Dude, Canes, man, 4-1. Talk about a bounce back, right? Oh, fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, I was. Uh, I really hope we had another intro song uh, queued up for us for this one because, you know, we played it so perfectly for our last game and then we come in here and it's just like a, a song for the Predator fans out there, for all you Predator fans listening in. Of course, we're going to talk – you know, other things tonight besides the Hurricanes. But, of course, we're going to – we have to break down this game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. What a fantastic from start to finish. It's like maybe the guys were like, ah, we're not going to listen to Bill Peters tonight. We're going to listen to Rock in the Carolinas. Let's see what these guys have to say tonight. And, boy, did they not follow everything basically to a T for what we said in the pregame show, man. I mean, it was just phenomenal. It's like every key we pointed out, every player we pointed out, it's like they did everything we wanted them to do. I know, exactly. And that's the crazy thing because I think because we – because you called – remember, you said something about the special teams unit showing up. They killed a five-on-three. They killed a bunch of penalties off. Unfortunately, the power play didn't do anything. But, I mean, they killed a lot of penalties. They killed a lot of penalties off. And, jeez, uh, I think – I think I said uh, Skinner needs to show up, and what does he do? He, uh, I think, I think they gave him assist on the. Um, oh, I'm forget, I forget whose goal it was, but they said I think two assists. He got two. Win. Yeah, so yeah, so he gets two assists, and so he shows up, and I said, hey, I said four three in overtime. Hey, I'll take a four one regulation, and they kick out Pecorine which is a good thing I didn't start him with my fantasy team tonight. <laughs> good thing I went with uh, oh, Corey Crawford, but I didn't really know too well either because they lost, but we'll talk about that later. But, man, just for us to come out, knock out Pecorino in the first, like, what, eight minutes of the, of the first period? Yes, please. I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we were really, you know, especially me here, at Rockney Crowns, I'm a um, really big stats-based guy. I like to base a lot of my thoughts and findings on stats. And you, know, you were talking about how our penalty kill was fantastic. We killed every penalty kill tonight. You know, we killed that big five-on-three. Cam Ward made a heck of a save right there, right after the five-on-three expired, right when they went to five-on-four. Ward made a heck of a save. They were able to chip the puck out. And then finally kill off the last 20 seconds or so of that five-on-four, which gave us a big boost, I believe. You know, you said the power play really didn't do much, 
But, I mean, you do have to say we, we did score two power play goals. You know, yes, we did have tons of power play opportunities tonight. We had six total. Going two for six, that's not bad. You know, that's, what, yeah, 40, yeah. 40%? Yeah, no, yeah, it's a little yeah, less than yeah, 40%. That's right, yeah. I, I, I do than, remember that. Yeah, power play goals, so. Well, I guess that's one for three, so that's 33%, right? Something like that. But yeah, you know, that makes put sense it down. Like, Whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not good at I'll math at it. midnight. Yeah, exactly. And But you really look at this game, and it's really cool. I just looked at just uh, the basic breakdown of team stats here for this game, and it, and we completely, if you just look out at the these basic stats right here, we got pretty much outplayed. We, we did outshoot them. They almost doubled up us on the faceoffs. Yes, we did score more power play goals. Yeah, like I said earlier, a big key was them taking penalties. They're going to take a lot of penalties. You know, they were averaging almost 15 minutes a game in penalty time. They had 22 penalty minutes tonight. A lot of that was helped to Hartnell's misconduct, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. They outhit us 20 to eight. We did have more blocks at 12 to six. And they did have more giveaways. But if you really look at just those little stats and what we talked about, you don't know if you you would actually – and didn't see the score. You would look at the game going, um, just based off that, I would have to give the edge to Nashville. You know, yeah, we're blocking shots. You know, we did have two power play goals. But you look at it, you know, they out-faced off us. You know, they won more face-offs. They, got, they played way more physical than us. Yes, we played physical. I'm not saying that we didn't play physical. One of the physicalities will come up here in a few minutes. But they out-physicalityed us, really, in the hit department. They did things that we didn't do, but we, we jumped on them. And, and running Pekka and Lauren, uh, one of the other admins who, you'll, uh, meet, uh, who was on one of our shows earlier, uh, one of the other co-owners of the page, of of us in the page, um, she mentioned in our group chat about you know what you know, pulling him at four goals. I'm like, well, you know, he did just give up five goals against Winnipeg, you know, and they didn't pull him then. They pulled him now. Do I think that was a good move? It really didn't boost Nashville to me. Um, yeah, they did get that one goal and. UC Soros was pretty good going down the stretch. Um, to me, I don't think we had the chances against Soros like we did with Pekka in there. You know, Pekka did give up a really bad goal. Um, but it was oh, really yeah. cool to see that. It was really cool to see. It's not very often you see a top-tier goalie getting pulled when they're playing us. <laughs> so it was great yeah, to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just crazy because you look at back at um, it was just the last goal we had. It was just a, just a regular floater, no big deal. You wouldn't even think nothing about it. It just bloops right past Pecorine. and even Derek, even Derek Ryan, um, just that just that great pass right to Derek, and Derek just hits with the back of his stick and just hits the side netting. Like you could you couldn't even ask for bounces like that. It's just like I think the hockey guys were just looking over. I was going, Yeah, we need to we need to fix this eight one mistake Tuesday and it's just like yeah, like you said, for us to knock out Pekka and then like Soros yeah, Soros did really great, but I think once Pekka got knocked out, I think we missed the chances we should have had. But a lot of, 
a lot of great opportunities we saw early on. Because even if you, um, I saw the Hurricanes even tweeted like it was the fastest, it was the fastest four goals ever in franchise history tonight. Was doing it in the first like eight, like I think it was like what, like the first like I don't know, five, six, seven minutes into the game, like that was the quickest we ever gotten four goals ever, and uh, our. One of our co-captains, I wish I, wish I was never saying co-captain, that's just, anywho, uh, Justin Fall got his 200th point tonight as well as a hurricane. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. At least he's got his 200th point. Um, and they were talking about, you know, they were talking about Glenn Wesley, and they were talking about other defense. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, but when it comes to Wesley, those guys, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but in terms of, like, past hurricanes and stuff like that, I'm just thinking, like, yeah, it's, it's, he's in good company, but... Anywho, um, yeah, I think I think he had some great years. Yeah, he, he had did, a couple yeah. great years. You know, I mean, I did put him as my player to watch. Yeah, he got an assist, but I put him as mm-hmm. my player to watch more or less for being on his defensive game, not scoring. I didn't care if he scored or anything, but I was putting him on my right. defensive thing. And he played pretty well defensively tonight. I mean, the whole team played pretty well defensively. And like you said, oh, you yeah. know, Sars coming in, he played. He stopped 26 of 26. Pekka only stopped two of six. I mean, we had three shots, three goals at one point. And a top-tier oh, yeah. goalie like Pekka, that's not cool. And now you have to wonder about Nashville. Do they start giving Sars more starts? Pekka's given up, what, nine goals and two starts now? And he didn't even make it two nice. full starts? Well, my thing well, is – he gave is, up five you, the other night. You got to think about that. What a pick, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, if you're, if you're looking at it from a standpoint of, like, wow, if people are like, wow, is Pekka losing his edge? Is he falling off the cliff? For me, it's like, you know what, maybe some goalies – because there are some times you see goalies who are elite just go stone cold and can't do – because you look at Carey Price – there's been times that people thought Carey Price was done, and then he would just turn it on, and he'll go light south for the next, like, six, seven games until he gets a day off. So I think it's just – I want to say that Pekka's on his – like, he's not falling off the cliff, or he's, like – or he's not – he's losing his edge. I think he's probably, he's probably just catching a bad slump right now. And a lot of the goals we got tonight, they were just, like, random bounce shots. You would never think what happened. So, I mean, I'm glad we got the Gothic goals anyway we can take it. I think I think more so, I think Brené is just – he's in one of those weird, awkward goalie slumps where he couldn't – like, it's just – he feels like he can't stop a – he can't even stop a beach ball, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I think I can give him a little bit more time and give him maybe have a couple days off and give, give Sars a chance. I think if you bring back Peke, uh, Pekka – Later on, in the, like in the, like maybe two or three games, I think he'll be back to where he was. I think it's just like I said, he's probably just in one of those weird like slump situations that goalies get into. Because every every elite goalie goes through that. Well, Jonathan Quick's had him before. Uh, one Twist has had him before. I mean, even Kim Ward back in you know '06 through '09, there was times where he was in a slump too. But just one of those things, you know. Oh yeah, every every goalie goes through a tough, tough, tough stretch, you know, and you have your bad games. And it, it's actually one point I said in the group chat for us earlier. I was like, uh, after that goal, he let in on that weird bounce, and it, and after really re- watching it, it really took a weird bounce right in front of him. 
And, like, being a former goalie and playing goalie and seeing some of those, yeah, I never played at the NHL level or anything close to that. But I've been a victim of some weird bounces like that. And it's, like, the worst thing ever feeling as a goalie. And and then that's when you really know it's not your night. That's when you know you're just having a bad night. Maybe you're not seeing the puck the greatest. And that happens, you know, with every goalie. But uh, switching gears here to talk the Hurricanes for a second, speaking of goaltending, how phenomenal was Cam Ward's night? In my opinion, there is no reason that Cam Ward shouldn't start Saturday. And if they win Saturday, there's no reason he shouldn't start. Uh, I believe we have off until Tuesday, I believe, or is it Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. For us, uh, the next game after next, Saturday, because I know we have the, uh, um, I know we have Buffalo. We have Buffalo Saturday. Okay, I got it here. We got Buffalo Saturday, and then we have the Canadians Montreal. at home and Penguins. Yeah. Montreal and Penguins. In my opinion, if we win, I don't care if Cam Moore gives up three or four goals again to Buffalo. As long as we win and he plays well, there's no reason in my mind that he shouldn't start again. In my opinion right now, the way way Darling's been playing, there's no reason why Ward shouldn't get a shot again at number one. And I know there's a lot of Ward haters out there and go, but you look at the how this team plays in front of Ward. They have so much more confidence that they know they can make some defensive lapses in front of Ward, and he can probably make that crazy save. But Darling, it just can't. Now, in my opinion, you know, if we don't start Ward Saturday, Bill Peters needs to be shown the door. I mean, this just shows that this is a team. He doesn't know, does not know how to keep consistency with a team. Ward's got to start. Uh, well, I guess it's tomorrow. It's Saturday already. No, it's Friday. Sorry, we're over midnight, and now I'm getting confused with times. But yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Technically tomorrow, Saturday, there's no reason why he shouldn't, in my opinion, should not get to start. Uh, he played phenomenal tonight. He made some great saves. Yeah, he let in a goal. Ah, everything happens. You know? I mean, it's so yeah, hard to get shut out in the NHL. And it didn't break the game. He played phenomenal after that. He really locked down. He made some phenomenal saves for us, especially in the 5-on-3 and in the ensuing 5-on-4 that really killed the game for the Predators, in my mind. Uh, he's got to start Saturday, tomorrow. Uh, and he's, in my opinion, you know, he wins that game. He's got to start again Wednesday. I think we, I think we should, I don't think we should run him into the ground, but we give him a couple starts in a row. If he's playing good, then I think the right time to see, if we see Darling again in the future, in my opinion, Right now, he plays well against the uh, Sabres. He plays well against Canadians. You have him start the Penguins game. You give him a rest Saturday because we got a back-to-back next weekend with the Blues. So you, you can play him at home against the Penguins. You know, you play him through the stretch, play him against the Penguins, have Darling start the Blues game. Then we're off again until we're, we come back home for the Capitals on the second. So you look at this little stretch, and this is a key stretch in the hurricane land, in my opinion. I think uh, our output today 
save Bill Peters' job for the meantime because I thought if there was going to be a stretch that we fire Bill Peters, it would be right now. It would be right after Christmas, right before this little mini homestand. I mean, we got four right, or five exactly. games at home. Um, but you got to go with Ward. I mean, I think if Peters starts Darling, maybe the Sabres being in the bottom of the standings, you think, hey, let's put Darling out there to see if he can do something. But in my opinion, with the way Ward played tonight and how great he played, you can't you can't go off that. The team played way well around him. He played phenomenal. You keep that going. You don't break it up. You keep everything good energy. You keep it going. And so I really hope Bill Peters starts Ward. But your opinions on Ward tonight, and what do you think uh, about our next couple games? Who would you start? I think I think Ward obviously played phenomenal again. I think it's almost like we've almost seen a regeneration of, or like the second coming of Cam Ward back into where he was. I mean, yeah, his goals against average are a lot higher now after tonight. It probably helped a little bit. So, I mean, I think overall, I think he's playing on a much better level than he than he has been over the last few years. I think because finally now the defense does lack sometimes. And, yeah, the four games, I mean, he did give up four goals against Buffalo. But I think overall, I think, for some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he played better with Cam and Nett, or it's just one of those things where it's just Cam is just finally getting back to where he is. And I agree with you. I think, oh, excuse me. I think that he, I think we honestly need to start him all three games on this home stand. Cause, I mean, I know unfortunately two of those games are against the Atlantic in Montreal and Buffalo. I wish we were in that division, but I'll, we'll talk about that later later on, but I think him, have him against those two teams I think would be really great, because I know that would definitely help in the wild card race, at least, when it comes to Montreal. Buffalo, but I think Buffalo, Buffalo is so far back. It, who, who even They're so they far back. Out, out of, They're fighting with Arizona right now for the first pick. Pretty much, because I don't think there's, I don't, there's no one even in, else in the ballpark close to those two teams. But then, like I said, we got Montreal, who's like right behind from the wild card spot. So if we beat them, that'd be great. But then we got then we got Pittsburgh, who's you know two points ahead of us in our division. And then if you look, but looking at the wild card, is there like two? There's like they're they're still two spots ahead of us, and they're knocking on the door of the Islanders and the Rangers. So I think if we really want to try to catch the wild card spots, I think we need to have Cam after tonight go this because luckily they're so spaced out. It's where we can have him go, you know, Saturday, Wednesday, Friday, to where it could work out, to where Ken gets enough rest, to where he maybe stretches out. I mean, if he beats both, it'll look great. And if he loses to Montreal, then okay, then give Darling to start against Pittsburgh and then have Cam go against St. Louis. I mean, I think he definitely needs to start Montreal and Buffalo. And depending on how it goes in Montreal, maybe decide, okay, do we go with Cam again? If he wins, go home with him in Pittsburgh, or do we get him the break and have Darling go in Pittsburgh and have Cam go in St. Louis? It all depends. I think it all depends on that Montreal game, how Cam does. I think how he how he finishes in that game will determine who goes Friday and who goes Saturday because we have a back-to-back going, especially since we have to travel to St. Louis after being at home. So I think for me, Cam for two games, see how it goes in Montreal, and then make your decision for Friday when it comes to Pittsburgh. But I think Cam, as always, Cam played out of his mind, and I think that's something that we need to build off of. And I know Peters loves 
I don't know why he loves to do this, to shake up lines and to switch the goalies. I think what he needs to do, especially what happened with Columbus, I know he had, I know he had Darling in there. He should have done it against Toronto. We need to stick with the lines that are working. If we just we went into National to a team who was like what twenty one eight and four. We just throttled them. I, I know you say stats wise, we should have gotten just blown out of the water. For the for the fact that it ran Pekka out, we beat him four one. We had a tremendous second period. I think we finally because I know Derek Ryan said in the intermission with his interview with Mike Scalco after the second period had the fact that they are focusing on making the second period better because they know as a team that the second period has been a joke. For the fact that we. We did, they didn't let him do anything in the second. They didn't let him do nothing in the third, and especially having a five-on-three. You have to build on that momentum and keep those lines going because obviously those lines, even special teams, maybe Rod Brenmore finally figured it out. It's, it's hard for me to talk bad about Roddy because he was my he was my guy growing up, and that's something we're going to talk about later on too, like you know our favorite Hurricanes, past and present, and all that stuff. I can't talk bad about it's hard for me to talk bad about Roddy, but it seems like our 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 power plays finally clicked tonight. And I think we need, and if I was those guys, if I was the coaching staff, I'd run the same line again and just build on it. Don't switch anything. Don't goof anything up. I know everyone wants to have him Flurry back, but have, to have Dahl back back in our lineup. Oh my goodness! If you put him in that position, that dude. He's like top five in the league at his natural position. How do you feel about that? What do you feel about Dahlback in our lineup? And do you think that Peters and the, and, the, and those guys, do you feel like that's the lineup we should be rolling into Buffalo on Saturday? Uh, I, if I was Bill Peters, <clears throat> there's nothing I would change about this lineup, in my opinion, from tonight. Um, you look at our defensive core, you know, you mentioned Dahlback. There was only two defensemen tonight that were minus players. And you think about a 4-1 game, you're like, man, how can you be out there and be minus the defender? But there was two. It was Slavin and Pesci. But a minus one's okay. You know, when you have every other defenseman in the positive category and all plus ones, you got to think about it. That's That's not bad. And Dahlback played phenomenal tonight. I mean, you know, Hannafin led us on our defense with shots on goal with six. Uh, Falk had two. Pesci had one. Dahlback had two himself. Dahlback had our only hit on our defensive, according to NHL.com. Of course, these stats can alter throughout the night. But so far, Dahlback was credited the only hit from our defensive side. Also had two blocks. No giveaways. Had a takeaway. You know, spent seven, little, almost close to 18 minutes on the ice. Played some critical, really critical shorthanded time. Played over two and a half minutes of shorthanded tonight. Dahlback was phenomenal. Like Tripp said, I, and I know a lot of people give Tripp Tracy a lot of flack and stuff. I love Tripp Tracy, and he was he's, he was spot on tonight in everything he said. I mean, Dahlback was phenomenal. Playing on his natural side. I don't know if there's been anyone better in the league. Like you said, I don't think there's been any better any guy that's played a great two-way game. Yeah, he may not get you the points, 
but he factors in on some of those things. You know, he may not get credit with an assist, but it may be a play he set up to lead to that from his defensive standpoint, and he was physical. Yeah, he only got credit with one hit, but they're they're really kind of slacking nowadays with giving out hit totals, honestly. I don't really know what classifies as a hit in the NHL anymore because uh, when I play NHL on the PlayStation, uh, I'll end up having like 45 hits in a game. These guys can barely break, you know, and I'm like, what the heck classifies as a hit anymore? You know, (laughs) but – I mean, yeah, he played a, a great a physical game and solid. I mean, there's one guy that we don't have to worry about when he plays his natural side on defense because we know he's going to play a good, solid game. It's not going to be over-spectacular by no means. You know, he's not going to Brent Burns it out there every night, but he's going to provide solid, consistent play. And that's something we need. Dahlback definitely – showed to me that he deserves to be in the lineup Saturday without a doubt. But I wouldn't trade anything. And speaking of things, before we go into um, one of the big talking points in this game, the Scott Hartnell hit, I want to bring up something maybe a lot of fans didn't see. There was a quote during – they played it during the game on the Fox Sports Go uh, broadcast. I happened to see it. They happen to ask something, Bill Peters, a question about, you know, the play lately and stuff. And he, he talked about the players looking in the mirror and then said that they needed a shave. And then some of them shaved. And apparently that's all we – I did not know that Bill Peters was a magical fairy, that if we shave all our facial hair, we're going to win. That was the weirdest quote I have ever seen. I've, I, you know, I've been a Hurricane fan for a long time. I went through Trip Tracy's nonstop talk about Anti Cadobin's shoe collection. I mean, he spent one period oh, on it, one game about it. I mean, but yeah. that of all the quotes they normally have, that was the weirdest quote I've ever seen a manager come out with. Mind you, you know, we have Tortorella still in the league. And he comes up with some Babcock. crazy stuff. Babcock. Yeah, yeah, Babcock. They came up with some crazy stuff. But that was the craziest quote I've ever seen. Talking about players need to shave. And apparently then they'll realize who they are. What? That was – I just wanted to mention that. That It just struck me as like, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. No, what are really, you trying it's to tell? So weird. <laughs> are are you saying our facial hair is weighing us down? Like really? Do you think because of Falk's like eighties throwback mustache, you think that was making him play really bad? Really? <laughs> okay, sure. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll go with whatever you say, Peter. So we'll go with whatever you say. Hey, wherever you're smoking, man, pass that on. Pass that on. Exactly. Okay. Like, yeah, come on. Pass like, it to the left-hand side, right? You know? But, yeah, I mean, it was I, so crazy. And I, I mentioned that in the quote. I was in, a, in our group chat. I was like, 
Yeah, did y'all just see that? Y'all see that quote? You know, is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> yeah. Man, it's, it's like, it's, uh, it's it's like the, Samson. I'm like, it's like a reverse Samson from the Bible or something. You know, it's like, uh, you know, oh Samson lost all his power when he cut his hair. And that's like, oh, we cut yeah. our hair. We gain our power back. Oh, we finally figured out what's wrong with the hurricanes. We can never do No Shave November again. You know, no Movember, none of that. We can do nothing of that. We just got to stay babyfaced. We got to turn it into the New York Yankees. Short hair, yeah. clean cut, everything. Yeah, you're not, you're not, allowed, to, you're not allowed to grow facial hair until, the, until we make the playoffs. And then you can grow the mustache. It's just like, what? Maybe, depending <laughs> on how we, how we go the first two or three games, you know. And I, I'll show you that crap yeah. off. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> we've been doing it all year. What? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was that was that was something. I mean, I was like, okay, that, that actually that might actually be a cool idea. If we make it to the playoffs this year, we should tell everybody. You know, after Bill Peters' comment, we should stay clean shaven. Just get the whole team to go clean shaven for the rest of the year. We make the playoffs. We make the Stanley Cup. You know, we make the playoffs. They try to go playoff beard. Not nah, hell, not y'all staying clean shaven. You know, and be like, yeah. we're the only team to ever win a cup completely clean-shaven. I well, mean, you know, you have a couple of players forever. out there that can't grow anything like Sidney Crosby or Jonathan Toes. They were, you know, Toes is finally starting to get some stuff. Crosby really can't grow nothing. But, you know, at least we'll be the first clean-faced team ever. Well, I wouldn't say ever, but, like, complete clean-faced probably. That would be cool. Well. Oh, no. oh, yeah, maybe private, private. maybe Peters is on something. I don't know. It worked tonight. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, I think what well, I, it's probably it'll probably be the first time in probably forever in the last like I don't know, I don't know how many years now where a team can actually do that, um, where they can go clean shape and actually do something. But yeah, it's just it's so weird. Like honestly, it's just like what in the world? <laughs> like time out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But I mean, hey, you know what though? The Hurricanes won. We were hoping they would do it. We both called. We hey, we both we both did pretty well in our predictions and our call outs. I mean, I said four goals. I thought it was gonna be an overtime. I thought it was gonna be overtime. But hey, I'll take I'll take a regulation win. We need to do something. He got two. He got two apples. You called out Falk. He actually did something. We both called out the special teams. Hello, power play goals and the penalty kill was on fire tonight. So I mean, you know what? We need to just roll onto this and just keep going, but uh, but I think we knocked out thirty minutes of canes. I think we need to start, you know, going to our n- newer segments of the show since it's our first two hour show. And maybe we'll, well before we'll, we'll before on. hang on, hang on. Before we go to uh I know we kinda of punted out for about thirty minutes. I know we kinda of went a little bit longer, but it's okay. You know, we got a two-hour show tonight. It's okay. We'll go a little bit yeah, long before we true. go. Because there's one thing that we definitely got to talk about, and this was – it was the Scott Hartnell hit. There's, that's one thing we didn't quite get to just yet. But oh, that, okay. this is where okay. I said yeah, we're going to get into our, around the NHL. Uh, so, it's okay. You know, oh, we planned about that. 30 minutes for this. But, hey, hey, you know, we can go a little bit longer on the recap. Hey, it's our first two-hour show. Let's have some fun. But we definitely got to no, talk about yeah, that. Scott sure. Hartnell hit. I know you had a little bit of technical difficulty on your end. You didn't quite see it. Um, basically yeah. for the viewers that are listening that didn't, maybe you hadn't seen it, you hadn't seen the highlight yet. 
playing along the board. Scott Hardwell comes in from the blue line. The puck was there. When Hartnell was initiating hit, the puck was there. Kruger played it up the boards. By the time Kruger played it, Hartnell was launching. Launching elbow first into Kruger's head. Feet left the ice. No call. Apparently, Hartnell ended up getting a 10-minute game misconduct. But there was no call on the ice. No call at all. Launching. Trip Tracy even called it out. You know, Forsling called it out. No one could figure out what was going on there for a few seconds. Falk came up and bear hugged, like, you know, hey, buddy. To Hartnell, like, hey, I hadn't seen you in a while. Uh, what you doing for Christmas? How you doing? Uh, where you want to go after this, you know? Send uh, my present over here to this address over here, or, you know, where you want to have a beer at? Yeah. It's oh, like, uh, why is no one standing up? But in my opinion, you know, seeing the hit, I saw I saw a couple of the replays. I don't know if you have gotten a chance. I know with them loading up replays and stuff, it, it's kind of slow sometimes when it comes to live yeah. games, loading up replays for hits. Um, but to me, man, that was just such a I, – I don't understand how he gets the misconduct. I don't know if the misconduct was afterwards because on the Fox Sports Go app, it kind of lags a lot lately. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you're normally about 30, 30 or so seconds behind an actual TV cable broadcast. Um, but I was like, oh, I don't know. He got a misconduct but didn't get a penalty? Like, that is one thing that definitely, in my opinion, has got to be checked out by the NHL Safety Committee. I mean, to but me, Hartnell to, came in straight up, elbow to the head, launching with the elbow in the vicinity of going up towards the head left his feet, no call on the ice. Yeah, he got a 10-minute misconduct. But to me, that all that says is he said something to the ref that the ref did not like, probably. That, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's why he got a misconduct. No penalty on that. I have no clue why. I mean, even the ref, I did see a, a ref. Uh, uh, actually, I think it may have been the Wiseman signaling for icing on the replay. It may have been the ref, though. I thought I saw a ref hand go up on the hit. But ended up not getting a penalty, unless they did offset in penalties. But in the penalty report, it didn't read anything but just the misconduct for Hartnell. So, in my opinion, something something there that was really, in my opinion, really dirty. And I'm really, really disappointed in the Canes. Falk, you know, I pitch you to step up. Step up. Yeah, you might not want to take a fight in that situation. I can understand it, but at the same time, you got to stick up for your teammate. That was a dirty hit. There's a reason why there was enforcers in hockey. There's a reason why if you put Wayne Gretzky in this league today, he would nowhere come close to the player he was. You know why? Because there's no enforcers in the game today. There's no one to protect him. Someone's going to – if Wayne Gretzky was playing right now and starting his career, someone would take a cheap shot at him. I would not doubt it in my mind. And there, it still happens to this day that cheap shots happen. Yeah, I understand sometimes in the flow of the game you make a bad decision, but cheap shots happen. And now we've gotten away from people that will stick up for top stars. And that's one thing I've said that's been a problem with the Hurricanes. Yes, I've wanted to trade Jeff Skinner for the longest time. I've said that on the Cardiac Corner show before. I've said that on my Facebook. 
everywhere. I've said that we should have traded Jeff Skinner because we're not going to protect him and treat him like a superstar that he can be. We don't protect him. You see any other top guy, Crosby, Ovechkin, any top guy in the league, take a hit like Kruger hit? Yeah, I know it's Kruger. I know he's the fourth-line guy. But what if that was Jeff Skinner? Would a guy stepped up and fought someone? Who knows with this hurricane team? We've got six fighting majors on the year. Three of them came in one game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that fighting two, is not the greatest thing in the league. But you've got there was there's a reason for enforcers. And if, if no one if you're listening to this and you disagree with me on fighting, that's okay. But there's one thing you have to desperately see. It's a documentary. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix right now, you can watch it right now. It's called Ice Guardians. And it's a bunch of former goons, basically, if you want to call them. Goons. Uh, Sim, Simenko was one of them. You know, He just passed away not too long ago. Um, he was a guy that fought. And he even said, you know, a lot of these guys – Right now, would not you know if Wayne and them played in the league right now, they wouldn't make it because they'd be cheap shotted out the league. They'd be getting hit. There's no one that's going to step up, and I'm tired of seeing our Canes team, quite frankly, not step up for dirty hits, especially like that. Even a borderline hit, you got to go drop them gloves. You got to go drop the gloves on a hit like that. He left the ice. I don't care it. Even close up, fast speed, it looks like he left ice. I'm going and dropping my gloves. Yeah, it may be a stupid penalty to take, but you take him off for five minutes at least, even if he doesn't get a penalty, and you stand up for your team. And we don't have that. We hadn't had that for years. We hadn't had that since Jesse Bowery's, Tim Conboy. We hadn't had that since those guys. My I mean, we can't rely on Derek Rock. Commodore, yeah, Commodore will step it up. Gleason would step it up every once in a while. I had to put that in there for all the big hurt, you know, Gleason Hurricane fans. Gleason would step up every once in a while. Yeah, I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of Gleason, never was, but you know he would step up every once in a while. But you know you have the yeah. big, guy, you know you have Bullries, you have Convoy. Those guys would drop it in an instant. Yeah, it oh, may no not doubt. be the greatest thing in the world, but there was reasons for it. And if anything I saw that was a reason for a fight for this Hurricane team to get into, that was a hit that I saw. I was like, someone's got to drop the gloves. Someone, someone, I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're a small guy and get your butt whooped. I want to see you try to stick up for the your guy on the ice, you know. I mean, heck, if I was on the ice, I don't care if I was Cam Ward. You know, if I was in Cam Ward's shoes right there, I was, I'd look at 4-1. You just cheap shot at my guy. I'm going over there and saying something. I don't care if it starts a brawl. I'm going to stick up for my guy. And they're going to continue running cheap shots at our guys, which we've seen all year. There's been a lot of run-ins or close calls of cheap shots on our top guys, but we don't have the, in my opinion, no one's going to step up. We don't have that toughness. But your thoughts on the Hartnell hit and everything I just said. (laughs) I, I... I mean, I pretty much, I think I pretty much agree with everything you were saying. It's just like for him, because unfortunately, yeah, I, I just because I was watching, um, I was watching on the Fox Sports app, and my my uh, my Kindle system just crashed on me because it died, and I'm like, so I'm like rush, I'm like scrambling to get Chuck Caton on, and he was, and I was hearing him describe it, 
and but you you tell me but like and I God, I caught the highlight of it like a little bit a little bit ago before we jumped on here. Yeah, like the dude left his feet, launched his elbow. If anyone else did that, that would have been an automatic penalty. We would have, we should have had at least you know a five. We, like a, we should have had like a five minute power play or something. But yeah, that was just that was a ridiculous hit, and I, I agree with you. We I know we don't have. Forces are pretty much like a non-existent thing in the league, but we still need to do something about it. I mean, I mean, shoot, you look at Florida, Brock again, Brock again went after someone. Um, I mean, shoot, even Justin Williams was getting in on it when we were playing Florida. I mean, I mean, we were we had like three fights with those guys. That was after ridiculous shots, and even when we played Toronto, even they were doing they were doing a couple cheap shots, I and mean, we went after them too. So I mean, it's just like I just it just blows my mind. We only have like six. Fighting majors all season. I think the next best is like what twelve or something like that. It's just like it, I know. I know fighting is really. I believe it was twelve. I, yeah. But either way, like I don't, I don't really care about fighting either way. Like you barely see fighting as it used to because no, because you know you and me, like almost everyone who's on the show who does the show or majority of fans these days, we we grew up in the nineties or some of us grew up in the eighties. Where shoot, you had you you knew Avalanche Red Wings, you knew there's at least gonna be a few fights, uh, Oilers and Calgary when that was actually a rivalry, you knew there was gonna be a bunch of fights, Rangers Devils. I mean, we grew up in the era of you know uh, Scott Stevens, the um, oh the Niedermeyer brothers, I mean Semenko, um, just a bunch of guys who fought. I mean, yeah, that's that's when the game was completely different. We put the last lockout um, back the year before we won the cup. But I mean, like you said, we at least need to do something to stick up for our guys. And I think not doing it in that situation, I think that it kind of almost rubs me the wrong way. I, I understand that like it's towards the end of the game, you don't want to be knocked out in case something has happened, but you've got to at least do something. You know, drop the gloves, like at least throw your gloves down and like. Do something. No, it's just like bear hug them. I'm like, okay, that's cute. I didn't know we were at a dance. I thought, I thought we were at a hockey game. You know? Exactly. Oh, it it oh, kind of reminded me of a game a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember this game. I believe it was against Boston. And we were beating the crap. And I'm not mistaken, it was a day game. And we were oh, yeah, handling yeah, Boston. Yeah. And Boston was trying to fight us like nonstop. And then yeah, I, I'm sure, sure Gleason was one of the guys that, like, just, like, like shrugged off a fight and then pointed up to the scoreboard. Last appropriate time to shrug off a fight. But when your guy gets nailed and gets leveled on a questionable hit, a very questionable hit, in my opinion, dirty, and through most people that I've seen comment on the hit or even Trip Tracy said that he clearly launched himself into the player, at least anything should be a charging call. No, Nonetheless, but you got to stand up. You got to do something. I, I want to see the fire in our team. Hmm, excuse me. I want to see them step up. But hey, you know, you know, I just want to talk about that for a second. Let's get into. You know, we're uh, about forty-five minutes into our first two-hour show. Hope you everybody's enjoying it. That's listening to us as well. Um, we're actually going to do uh, some cool guests here in the next couple of two-hour shows. We're going to have a. Hopefully a set weekly show, you know, right here after holidays. I know a lot of holiday stuff is going on, but we're going to 
end up doing a two-hour show every week, and we're going to have some cool guests on. I know we got some guests lined up for uh, the first couple shows right now, and uh, we can't wait for you guys to hear it. But let's talk about Around the NHL right now, uh, a segment that we're going to debut, of course, in our two-hour show. It's going to be Around the NHL. Um, every night in a two-hour show, we're either going to we're going to lead off with you know the games. Uh, Casey didn't check the games. He hadn't seen scores. I know some people are listening to this on their way home or whatever. I'll give you a quick rundown of scores. Uh, we we're going to pick a game or two that we might talk about a little bit more than most games. You know, maybe it has something to do with the Hurricanes, of course, or something to do with playoffs. Um, but we'll do a quick rundown here of the games, and then we're going to talk some news around the NHL as well. Uh, to get y'all up to date. We don't want to talk just about hurricanes on here. Of course, you know, we love the hurricanes, and we could spend two hours without a doubt talking about hurricanes. But, hey, you know, we want to cater to non-hurricane fans as well. But uh, tonight, uh, we're only two games active right now. There's only two games still going on. And it's the Avalanche and the Kings. Avalanche currently lead one nothing, um, according to computer updates, because, you know, this ain't my in the computer, you know, I ain't watching it live. So it's uh, one nothing Avalanche. The Sharks and Canucks. The Canucks have actually came back on the Sharks and have tied it four four. What about fifteen minutes ago in both those games? Penguins beat the Blue Jackets tonight. Ducks beat the Islanders, which is good for the Hurricanes. Bruins beat the Jets. Devils beat the Rangers, which is good for the Hurricanes. Lightning won in a shootout. Uh, Stars blank the Blackhawks, and the Oilers. Hey, the Oilers won a game because uh, you know that's yeah, no. been a disappointing team in the NHL. But uh, I, there's definitely you know we got uh, not many games on the peg tonight. But uh, there, if there's one game that really stands out, or so to speak, two games, you know, being a Hurricanes fan and playoff, you know, I gotta automatically look at Metropolitan. You know, if I'm not even a fan of the Hurricanes. So to speak, I'm looking at the Metropolitan Division. Anytime I'm looking at stats and looking at scores, I'm looking at the Metropolitan teams because this division is just absolutely insane. And, the, and of course, being Hurricane fans, we want all the division teams to lose whenever they play, but that can't always quite happen. But big things is Islanders losing and the Rangers losing tonight. Now, I, I can't stand the Devils. Uh, you know, I was a big uh, Sean Avery fan. Still am to this day, so I can't really stand the Devils, but two big wins, you know. Yeah, the Rangers get a point, and yes, um, the Islanders get a point. But we gained a point on them. We still got games in hand. We gained a point on both of them. They're both ahead of us in the standings. Big games. You know, Devils coming up, winning. The uh, One of the actually good things I saw was the uh, Penguins – Blue Jackets, uh, didn't mention that just a second ago. That was actually, I've seen some of the highlights of that earlier. That was actually one of the best games of the night, I would say, honestly. Uh, from the highlights I saw, I, and I'm actually going to, hope I can find it and watch it back later on the NHL app. But uh, I definitely want to watch that one. That was actually a really close game and actually really came down to two teams fighting hard. You know, can't forget, we just came off a really big win against the Blue Jackets. And I think we can hang with the Penguins. And I think that that was a game of true metropolitan tough guys. And that's exactly – if you want to see how – if you never watch really 
say you live on the West Coast, you never really watch Metropolitan Divisions. If you get a chance to see that Blue Jacket Penguins game tonight, I highly recommend it. Even just the highlights. A stellar game. And if you want to see Metropolitan Hockey, that's going to show it to you right there. Hard nose, hard fighting hockey. And boy, is Metropolitan just crazy this year. I mean, it, it seems like no one wants to actually lose a game in regulation. It's always ties. And you see it. How many games tonight we had uh, shootouts and overtimes in Metropolitan tonight, Zach? Uh, uh, let's see. We had, uh, yeah, Devils Rangers was one. Uh, Islanders lost in overtime. And Penguins Jackets finished in a shootout. Yeah, so overall in the NHL, we had one, two, three, four, five, five games that finished either in shootout or OT. And most of them were Metropolitan teams because the Bruins are in the in the Atlantic, and actually, and the Lightning are in the, are in the Atlantic as well. But yeah, just a lot of three of the five were Metropolitan teams, and most of them are going against, and four of those teams are going against each other. So what does that show you? <laughs> the Metro was insane. The Metro is an insane division because if you look, every team. If you know people count overtime losses as a loss, I I don't care. It's a point. It's a point. I'll take it. I'm looking to win losses. Without you, if you throw out the overtime losses, the Metro is the only division in, in the Eastern Conference that has a team that is a winning record. If you're not counting overtime losses, because everyone in the Atlantic is either 500 or below. And it's just if you if the hurricanes are in them, and I've said this multiple times, if we were in the Atlantic, we would be in fourth place. We'd be where Montreal is in fourth place in that division, and only you know four points back of Boston, instead of us being in the Metro, would be in seven points back of Columbus with two games in hand. I mean, we could win two more and pick up some ground. We can win those two games and pick up some ground, but it's just. Fortunately, however they decided to do the regions, it did not help us whatsoever. But, yeah, like you said, a lot of shootouts and overtimes tonight in the Metro. It just seems like no one – it just seems like this is like the last two the last two years, the Metro has been the toughest division. I know people want to say, oh, but you got to look at, you know, you got to look at the Central. And the Central has got a lot of teams that are over 500. And it's like some people want to say they want to talk about the Pacific. Yeah, maybe the Pacific, but yeah, if you're, if you're talking about really two really good divisions, for me it's the Metro in the in the East, and you got to talk about the Central in the West. Those are the two toughest divisions in the NHL right right now over the last like two three seasons. It's just insane how how tough these teams are on each other. Yeah, it's now, weird, like. Uh, mentioning, you know, Eastern Conference, we have to say NHL 500, you know, because technically we're not 500. You know, we're NHL 500, yeah. but we're not technically 500 because, you know, yeah, I get that we get points for overtime losses, but that's a freaking loss yeah. to me. So technically to me, we're 15 and 20, uh, nine, we're 15 and 19, you know, 15, 12, and yeah. 7. You know, we're sitting dead even with the Flyers, exact same record. But you look at it. I mean, just in our division, you look at it from top to bottom, eight points. Eight points separates first in the division from last in the, in the division. 
The Devils. Yes, that's right. You heard me right. The Devils. Guess they got the reincarnation of Martin Brodeur up there in that or something. They're actually, <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't watched the Devils much this year, so I can't really say much. But they're leading the Metropolitan Division right now. You know, they got a game in hand on the Capitals. Same, uh, they got the points, uh, same points. But they, but if you look at it, really, I mean, it's crazy. You look at the whole Eastern Conference from top to bottom. I mean, you look at it goes from fifty-two to thirty-seven. Well, uh, my bad, 52-23. But if you look at teams really in contention, it goes from 52. Maybe you can put the Canadians in there at 34 points. But really, you look at teams that can really make a move. You're looking at 52 from the leader in the conference to 37. So that's not even a big gap. Even at this point, that's not a huge gap. But if you really look at it at – especially playoff teams, you're looking at a gap from actually the Rangers are leading. They have the first wild card, and the Penguins have the, – the Islanders have the second at 40 um, because the Bruins squeak in at 41 points, but the Islanders will technically have the second wild card at 40 points. So really, let's see, there's one, two, three, four teams – Five teams, six teams, within ten points of that. Very easy. That you know, you look at it and you say, "Oh, that's easy to make up." Which technically it can be at this point in the season. Yes, you know, there's most teams only played uh, the max of thirty-six games. Hurricanes have only played thirty-four. Uh, most teams in the Metropolitan have played either thirty-five or thirty-six. There's only a few teams with thirty-four, as the Devils, Flyers, and Canes. Uh, most teams have either played 35, 36, so you have those couple of games in hand. But what a tough—I mean, that's insane. You go to the Eastern Conference and you look at ten teams right there in ten points. You look at there's five teams within four points. It's insane to think about that in division. I have to disagree with you on the Western Conference, though. In my opinion, the the best Western Conference division has been the Pacific Division because the emergence of the Flames the past couple of years. You have the Golden Knights doing work in their Vegas magic. I don't know what the hell's going on in Vegas, but I'm about to go there to figure it out. I mean, they are phenomenal this year. No one saw that. Either Gerard Gallant is the greatest coach to ever walk the face of this earth when it comes to coaching hockey, or they've got something going on in Vegas that we don't know about. I think we should all find out about because we need to get some luck like Gold, the Golden Knights do. But you have the Kings that's always perennial. You have the Sharks that's always there. Yeah, we always know the Sharks choking the playoffs. It's the Sharks. But they're always going to be a great regular season team. You know, the Ducks has been there. The Oilers are having a crappy year, which is really off for them. They should be up there. The Canucks, well, they're a team that been plagued with having an owner that wants to keep the core of a team, no matter how old they get together, and it kind of screwed them over. Yes, they got some great young guys. Now they're really getting screwed over by the injury bug. You know, Brock Bosher, their big young rookie, is going uh, is out for like four to six weeks now, apparently, because he's got doesn't even have a fracture. He got hit in the foot with he uh, got hit with a shot, I believe, and he's no fracture, but he may be out four to six weeks. 
and they're being decimated by injuries. You normally see the Canucks up there. Of course, the Coyotes, well, it's the Coyotes. So, I mean, but I would have to disagree with you on that. I would say the Pacific Division has been a tougher division than the Central. Yes, you have the you have some great teams in the Central too. White, but I mean, the whole Western's great. But you do have, I would go with the Pacific a little bit more, mainly with the insurgents of, I guess I would say insurgents since they're new, insurgents of Vegas. Because Vegas is just, they've had 35 goaltenders this year. They're about to call the milkman <laughs> yeah. for their next goaltender, you know, or a stork or something, you know. Maybe they'll put a monkey in the crease next. Who knows? Maybe me and goal. Who knows? Actually, no. I think a tr- I think a chimpanzee, a monkey, or something would actually play goal better than me in the NHL. Just saying. <laughs> I probably would really mess up. I'd get too nervous and like pee my pants and have to go off and change or something. <laughs> oh jeez. Not, not, not gonna pull, not gonna pull a Jean Claude Van Damme and play in uh in sudden death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey. They've had everything in it. Doesn't something's going on out there? But I would go with the Pacific Division a little bit more over the Central Division. Yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying in the Pacific, but if we're if we're going by your by the win losses, the, Anaheim is like 15 and 21. Edmonton is like 16 and 19. Vancouver's 15 and mm-hmm. 20. Arizona's 7 and 29. But if you look at the Central. You know, Nashville is only like after we just did them. They're twenty-one and thirteen. Winnipeg's twenty and sixteen. St. Louis is twenty-two to fifteen. Is nineteen to seventeen. Even Chicago is like seventeen to seventeen. Minnesota's eighteen to sixteen, and Colorado's only sixteen to seventeen. So I mean, there's only like one real team that's under five hundred in that entire division. Where in the West you got a plethora of teams under 500 in, in the Pacific. I, I, you know, I understand what you're saying, you know, with Calgary making it, with Calgary's coming out of nowhere, you got, you know, San Jose and Anaheim, like the top five in that division. Yeah. Those five are not that far apart from They're only like eight points from each other. But if you look at the central, you're talking 46 to 34. You're only talking like eight points through the entire division not just the first five, where you can say the same thing for the Pacific. I, I mean, I get what you're saying because with, with you I know, mean, if, Vegas, if you take off the LA, coy- if you take off the Coyotes, but... if you take off the Coyotes, it is 46 to 34 in both divisions, points wise. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you take off the team that, yeah, <laughs> you take off that team. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you're well, you you talking about for the fact of that that whole because con- that conference that yeah that conference is a little bit lopsided until Seattle shows up. That's for a whole other topic for another day. But well, yeah, either way though, you still look at it though. Even if you do take Arizona off, yeah, they have the same records. But who has more teams above 500? Pretty much the whole besides Colorado. That entire division is stacked in the central in terms of points. Like, like even Colorado is in dead last, is only you know a four game winning streak away 
and maybe all those other teams ahead of them lose, they have a, they can they go on a four game winning streak and and, tie, and get back in the first place. Where if you look at the Pacific, Vancouver can't do that. Vancouver is twelve points back, and they and they have two games in hand on on Vegas. I mean, like I said, I do get what you're saying, and that and that's just yeah. We can debate on that for a while. I'm just saying, if you're looking at points and then who spread out where, it's got to be the central. I mean, and like, I mean, that's that's all I'm saying. It's just if we're going by win losses and points and the 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 spread, come on, it's got to be the central. And I know they have less teams in the Pacific, but eight from first to, from first to last in the central, eight, eight, that's that's the division anyone can take. The Pacific, no. Even even if you take out Arizona, Vancouver and Edmonton, they have no shot coming back unless they somehow <laughs> pull something out of thin air to get some points back. But I understand I understand what you're saying, but nah, I gotta stick with the Central as the toughest division in the West. But anywho, um, yeah, even if you're looking at the if you're looking at the East Coast, it's just for the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Hurricanes are only you know they're not even that far out of it. They're even there about so you're looking at the same thing as as they're doing. Um, with that, and then um, if you're in, you're looking at the Atlantic. Buffalo is there's no way Buffalo's going to come back because they're all they're almost they're 29 points back of uh, Tampa Bay. So everyone automatically knows the Atlantic is a garbage division. They're basically almost in the Pacific. Just it's too spread. The points difference between those teams is so spread out, and the goal difference for Buffalo is negative 42. Negative 42. That is the worst in the league. Next to Arizona is the only team that's worse at negative 45. I'm sorry, but <laughs> the Atlantic is a joke, and if you take out five in the Pacific, the rest of that division is crap. So, I know I'm just saying if we had, if we had to put the dunce the dunce conference the division per conference, you gotta go you gotta go Pacific and the and the Atlantic. But I know you said you love the Pacific, Lee, but come on, come on, Arizona, Vancouver, Edmonton. All three of those teams sucking right now. It's like, no. There's, there's, there's no way you can see that they're better than the Atlantic or better than the uh, Central. But you know, that's just me. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, we, yeah, now? we finally got you back. I know okay. uh, technical, uh, technical difficulties ca- caught the bug on you this time, but. <laughs> My phone's going nuts. Apparently, my phone is like, screw you. You can't look up anything while you're talking on the phone anymore. Like, I, well, I just literally ended three calls. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's stupid iPhone. Uh, but no. <laughs> well, what do you have? Yeah, I mean, I could say, uh, uh, I don't know, six maybe. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. It's a phone. Uh <laughs> I was looking something, and every time I would, like, close out, like, I can normally, as long as I'm on Wi-Fi, which my Wi-Fi is active and everything, I can normally look at other stuff while I'm on the phone. But for some reason, my phone, if I am if I hit the home button right now, I would end up ending the call again. 
I'm going to call back again. I don't know. Maybe you I got to one point on it. Reset it or something. I don't know. But, yeah, it was pretty – yeah, sorry about that. That was pretty crazy. I had some def- technical difficulties on my part. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I would have to say, yeah, I'd like the Pacific. Yeah, you, you know, took Edmonton as a team, yeah, and maybe below 500. It's only two teams technically. We're not counting Arizona. Arizona's like the Cleveland Browns of the hockey, of hockey. Okay. Oh come on! Um, you had to go there. You had to go there. I had to. I had to go. There. I, I, you know, I already did it once. I had to do it again, just just in case you forgot. Um, or we could say they're yeah, like I know, the Cowboys, I know but at least they win games. Why have to do that? <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I know from Northeast Ohio. Okay, okay, okay let me do it. That? Arizona is like when LeBron left Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> Man, Wait, oh, you better, you better be glad I'm in, in South Carolina right now. <laughs> ah, ah, that was funny. Ah, that that was great. That was a great. I just happened to remember that. But yeah, uh, so I'm not counting, you know, Arizona and that. Uh, they can't field a yeah. team to save their life. But yeah, I mean, you look at Edmonton, you look at Vancouver. They're just one game, one or two games below 500 NHL 500, so to speak. Um, Edmonton has has had a very very slow start. Apparently, Edmonton is having the same problems the Flyers have had for the past ten years. They can't find a solid goalie. Uh, hey, that, we can add them you into can the for a lot At least we had a goalie that could be. Well, yeah, true, but no one's real. I mean, besides the goalie carousel and and Flyer land for the past three years, four years. The goalie carousel in Vegas land this year due to injuries. You really have to see. You really have to look at uh, Edmonton. I mean, they've had you know, Scrivens. Uh, who they got now? Fast. And you know, they they've brought in people to fix their goalie problem, but no one's fixed that problem mainly because it doesn't matter how many number one draft picks you have. You don't never draft any good defensive players. It ain't gonna matter crap. In the NHL, but you know, I, I think you know that's a team that's very underrated. You know, I think they're you know some solid, maybe more defense help. Hey, maybe we can work out a trade with them. Hurricane line, you know, maybe get R and H, Nugent Hopkins, and get them a defenseman. Hey, that'll work out both sides there. We we'll get our centerman, they get a defenseman. Uh, that's a team that's you know just not too far off right now, in my opinion. Uh, but Vancouver, yeah, older team. Uh, you know, you look at Pacific and what they have. You you look at the other, the Central as well. Both solid, solid. It kind of you know, yeah. I hate. I'm not a big fan of NBA, and I know we talk hockey here, but it reminds me a lot of the NBA. And I know I mentioned NBA just now too, but it reminds me a lot of the NBA when it comes to the disparity in between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. In my opinion, well. Hockey's been a great thing. I think with the divisions now, they've made it, and the way they have the salary cap and everything, things have gotten a lot more equal in the NHL. Yeah, you still have your top teams, but you have a lot of teams that are still fighting and may make a run. Like you've seen Nashville in the past couple of years, Minnesota in the past couple of years, make runs and do things. But everything, every team is getting a lot more closer. Yeah, you have one or two straggler teams that can't quite make it. But everything's getting closer. I mean, the Western Conference, it reminds me a lot of the NBA Western Conference. Totally stacked top to bottom. Yeah, you might have two or three outlier teams every year. But just 
basically every one, you know, maybe minus one or two, three teams are in a playoff hunt constantly. You don't see that necessarily with the Eastern Conference. You've seen it more in the past year or two, especially, and especially this year with the Metropolitan going absolutely insane. But I think it's good to see for hockey, honestly. I mean, I know we disagree on what we think, but I think it's great for hockey that, yeah, we've had, what, four teams win the last six, seven cups, I believe. Um, yeah, we're seeing the same teams kind of be up there, but you see uh, the league really getting closer and closer together when it comes to skill wise. I mean, who would have thought in the right – I don't think there's anyone in this world that would have called Vegas doing what they're doing right now. No expansion team has ever done this. I don't I don't think you put an expansion team in any league anywhere that has done what Vegas has done this year. And that shows the skill level and what the NHL has done to make the league more competitive and get more teams the opportunity. And, not, and you know, we give Bettman a lot of hate, but maybe it's Bettman, maybe it's a lot of trainers, maybe it's everything going on, maybe it's a little bit of everybody that has made the NHL so much more competitive in these last two, three years than it ever has been before. Oh, no, I agree. I, and, I mean, I understand, I mean, I get what he's doing. I think what he's – I mean, yeah, he's got a couple lockouts and all that stuff. I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. But I think overall, I think he's done – at least we're finally getting to the point now where – I know. I know. The last two years, we've gotten the same number of teams and stuff like that, and I get that in the same like, in the same like that finals winning it sometimes. But I think we're finally to the point too where now we can break it up to where we can actually see more teams do something. Because at least because if you look at the league overall, I mean, the top like ten teams from like three to five are all in the are all three from two to six. It's all Western Conference teams, you know, Vegas, Nashville, L.A., Winnipeg, St. Louis, and then you got Tampa at one, New Jersey at seven, Washington's at eight, Columbus is ten, or Columbus is nine, Toronto's ten. Then you have New York, Boston, Dallas, Islanders, and Chicago, and then Minnesota. If we finished right now, that would be that would be the sixteen teams in the playoffs right now, and honestly, from it's from 52 to 39. That's still really good in terms of the fact that it's not like you're not having that one team that's dominantly running away. I mean, Tampa right now is. They're 25-7-2. But if you look at the rest, if you take out Tampa from sixteen, from second to 16th, you're only talking like maybe a 18, like, a, like not even what? It's not even, it's not even a 10-point difference. And that's, and that's how close it is in terms of how how this league is, the fact that from 2 to 16, they're that close together. And that's not even including Calgary and Pittsburgh, who are both at 39. San Jose and Anaheim are both at 38. And then Philadelphia and us are at 37. So from like, not even from second to where we're at, 22nd in the league, I mean, we're not, we're, we're not even, we're like nine points back. Of being, the, of being the second best team in the league, 
that's just something that's crazy. You would never think that. I mean, I know we've only played, you know, 34, 33, 34, 35, 36 games. But it's nice to where we're at the point now where we're not going to have that dominant team, you know, get 120-something wins and just blow, out, just blow everyone out of the water. And I, man, I like what they're doing. And it's interesting how we're fact that Seattle is going to be another team that we're going to be adding on. And it's just the fact that we're expanding the league. We're trying to bring in the better areas and stuff like that. I kind of wish we had more, you know, like middle America teams that bring Kansas City back or do something with that. But I think Devin doesn't get out of slack. He, he does bring it on himself. But in terms of where we're going as a league, I think we're hit. We're finally getting to the point where people will watch hockey more than some other sports. And I'm finally glad we're getting to that area now where people see how ridiculous these other sports are and that hockey is finally on that increase that we all want it to be at. Because it's just how amazing it's, that it is. Okay. Exactly. But, you know, I mentioned this in our group chat earlier, a possibility talking about, and you had led me You've led me perfectly into it. You know, yes, NHL viewership is up. How much is the NHL not being the Olympics going to hurt? You know, a lot of people watch the Olympics every year. And, yes, you know, that's the big stars. But, you know, you technically go to the roots of the Olympics. It's all it's supposed to be only amateurs, you know. 1980, the biggest win we ever had was what? College players. You know, once exactly. players that played in the KHL are played in the Swiss League or played in this league or played in whatever semi-pro league or played in the Federal Hockey League or the SPHL or whatever, it's college. it was college players. And it was in, you know, yeah, granted, we've kind of grown into we want to see the best of the best at the Olympics. You know, we want to see the top guys. I, for one, am very, very excited. And I hope that, you know, with everything that's going on in, with Russia's scandal and everything and that the players can't complete, compete under their flag. Russia is banned from the Olympics. No one can compete in the Russian flag. So Russian players that do compete has to compete. Actually, they're doing the Olympic flag for their flag this year, a neutral flag. Yeah, you know they won't even even if they win a medal, they won't even go down as a Russian athlete. They'll go down as a neutral athlete, technically. Um, so I would like to see the KHL ban it, and I would love to see nothing but college players in the Olympics. I, for one, would like it because that, you know, yes, I think having the NHL in the Olympics has really grown the viewer base for. The U.S. I know that's one thing that's always been struggling, and I think one thing that a lot of people struggle with is keeping up with the game and knowing the rules of the game. I like something. I would love for the NHL to do something that would help out people with that. You know, kind of like, yeah, I know if you never played hockey and stuff, it is quite hard to keep up with the puck. It's kind of hard to understand what they do. It's kind of me playing hockey. I can already know kind of the general idea of where the puck's going to go next depending on whose stick and who's on the ice 
where the players are set up, I can follow it a lot more easier than someone that's never followed a game. Yes, we're talking about bringing back the glow puck. Stupidest idea ever because oh it always lagged anyways. No. But no. I, for one, would love to see college players. And, yes, I know the downside of the NHL players not getting played. Yes, they have grown the game in the U.S. But I don't think, you know, you look at the time that, you know, I, was, I wasn't around and – you know, when we won in 80, you know, I wasn't born until 88. I think I'm one of the oldest here on Rockin' the Carolinas. Maybe one or two are older than me. But uh, I don't think anyone was alive during when we won the gold medal in 80. Um, but we all, you know, certainly remember it, so to speak. You know, we've seen the movie. We've relived it. We know that was one of the greatest accomplishments ever for USA Hockey. Yes, the greatest accomplishment would be having our NHL guys come out and support, you know, play for the USA and finally beat Canada. But I think the bigger thing would be having the college guys. I would love to see that again. Yeah, we know the NHL guys can do it, but I think it would grow the game even more seeing guys that you can look forward to. Like, you know, that guy looked really good. Yeah, you might not get to see a lot of college hockey games on TV, unless you're in certain areas that broadcast college games or whatever. But you see someone, hey, that's a guy more – you might remember it. You might be flipping channels one day, see a highlight right when he plays his first game. I remember that guy. He played pretty well. I enjoyed watching him click on the game or something. I mean, yeah, I see both sides of it for the Olympics, but I want to get your thoughts on Olympics. Do you think it's going to hurt the NHL from not being in their viewership, from not being in the game? Do you want to see the college players come back? What would you like to see? Um, I think to a some to a little bit of an extent, yeah, I do think it's going to hurt a little bit because people are so used to seeing, you know, all the NHL guys representing their countries. And I do see where Bevin's saying that's like because unfortunately in the Winter Olympics you would have to call you would have to call like a two like a like a long break in the middle of an NHL season. And that, that it doesn't really work out. And of course, you know everything that's going on with Russia. I think that's also what Batman kind of was like. No, we're not. We're not. We're not dealing with that. It's just. It's just a whole lot of things are going on. And I understand where Batman's kind of like, no, we should. We're not going to do that. And of course, like you said, the scheduling is kind of off for the NHL because it, it's just one of those things. And I think it's going to hurt a little bit, but I don't think it's going to hurt to the point where people think it's going to because we're finally at that stage now where the NHL will survive on its own without having to worry about that too much. And honestly, I would love to see, you know, the college guys trying to play again because that's the one thing that really bothers me. Every other sport besides, you know, basketball, every other sport is athletes who are not professional players, you know, in any other sport. I mean, even like, you know, um, bobsledding or, you know, skiing, snowboarding, stuff like that. They're, they're all people who've done this their entire lives. There's no pro league where for hockey and basketball, it's all pros. And you don't really get to see the guy, you only get to see the younger guys, you know, who are, you know, um, like uh, Zach Wojcik, who's in the KHL. Who, like, he wouldn't he would be able to play if he was in the NHL. 
because you would have all the other guys be playing there. Or you see guys you know from the states, all these college guys who are playing right now who are killing it, or who are you know, Amer- uh, guys who are in the CHL or you know ECHL, AHL, stuff like that. So I think it's great. Now we're kind of going back to college guys to an extent. I think that's something that we really should be doing. Um, I think it's great that we're finally we're kind of getting back to that old school roots of okay, if we're talking um, Olympics, I think those guys should be able to get the chance to go. Yeah, it's not going to be the same talent when you know it's Canada and the United States. Are they going to be in the finals or just you know Sweden going to show up and all that? I think now without the NHL being there, I think we're now we're going to get a better. I think we're going to see a more diverse group of players and teams having a shot to do something. And I love the Olympics. I, I love when we have our guys go over there. I'm more excited to see how it shakes up in terms of who's getting out of the groups, who's going to the middle stages. Because now you're not thinking, okay, it's Canada and the U.S. Who's it going to, who, is it going to be Russia going to make a surprise or Sweden going to do it? Or someone, now it's like, okay, who's going to do it now? Who has the best raw college talent that can lead a team to win? And I think it's the most exciting part is now it's wide open. It's not the same two or three teams. I think the fact that yeah, exactly. open, I think that's the most exciting part. Exactly. I agree with that. You mentioned, you know, Zach Boychuk, and there's a very good chance um, you know, if the KHL allows its players to play, there's been no uh, word on it yet. They're still deciding. I know they said they would make a decision after the uh, Olympic Committee made the decision on Russia and their player and the whole Russian Federation. I'm thinking now maybe with them not allowing the Russian players to compete under the Russian flag, they have to go to a neutral flag, the Olympic flag. Um I don't think you see the KHL players at all either. And I think that really opens it up for European teams. Um, Yes, you have our college guys in the U.S. and for Canada as well, and junior guys as well. Uh, But I think that really opens it up for teams like Finland, teams like Sweden. You know, young guys that, you know, are trying to break in, not quite yet to the NHL level, but are about to break in. You know, Russia competing under, you know, you don't know if they're going – if they let their KHL guys come over, Russia, well, whatever they – the neutral will have the advantage, in my opinion, because then they'll have guys like Kovalchuk. They'll have Boychuk, uh, rumors that he's going to be on – I mean, uh, my side, sorry – Boychuk will be on the Canadian team. Uh, there's rumors that he's going to make it um, on the Canadian team. But you look at the Russian team, you know, you'll have Kovalchev. You'll have a bunch of guys that are in the Russian leagues right now that are Russian guys that are not quite right there in the NHL or played in the NHL before and are now back in Russia in the KHL. I think that's going to be a big key. I think that Russia saw opportunity with this, the NHL bowing out. So, you know, USA is not going to have their top 
star firepower. You're not going to have the top star firepower from Canada. You lose some Finland guys. You lose some Sweden guys. You lose some Germany guys. Yeah, Germany wasn't the greatest team ever, but they had some guys that would do some stuff. Um, but you lose that kind of star power, and now you might lose the KHL. It's going to be awesome to me. You're going to see a bunch of young guys, a bunch of people we've probably never, ever seen, never, ever heard of, and we're going to be introduced to a whole different type of hockey, in my opinion. It's not going to be like the NHL we see. Yeah, you know, yes, the ring is bigger in Olympic hockey. It's wider. Same length, but it's wider. There's a lot more ice, a lot more creativity to be able to pull off moves. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be interesting. I'd like, I really hope to see it. And I really hope our good buddy, Zach Boychuk, former Hurricane here, makes it onto the Canadian team if the KHL allows it. I know he just made, give a shout out to him, he made the KHL All-Star team as a starter. By the way, yes, we haven't forgot about you, Zach Boychuk. We still love you here in Hurricane Land, at least a lot of us here. I mean, heck, you did everything for us in Checkerland. It's a shame you never really got a good crack at the Hurricanes. But, uh, you know, we miss you here. We'd love for you to come back in Hurricane Land. Come back to us. Or go the dock side. But uh, to talk about, to switch load gears a little bit, uh, talk another thing about Something that happened that was really cool. I just uh, came across this. I happened to forget about it. Just came across it again. Uh, we got about 20, about 20 minutes or so left in here of our live two-hour show. I don't know if we'll fill it all up. We're going to try our best. You know, it's a late night. Everybody's getting tired. Everybody's winding down from a heck of a hurricane's win. Taught a lot of hockey tonight, but – uh. There's one thing I definitely want to talk about before we go. I don't know if you've seen this or not, Zach, but in the Austrian league, yes, there is Austrian hockey. The mm. Terminator says there is Austrian Austrian hockey. I would do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation there. I wanted to, but I started to do it in my head, and it just sounded awful, so I just quit. But, and yes, in Austria, and this has ties to the Hurricanes, by the way. In the Austrian hmm. league, there was a fight during the intermission. A legit oh, I saw that. Fight. Yeah, I saw that video. And uh, forgive me, I love the Hurricanes, but I never remember this guy ever being in the Hurricane system. And forgive me if I say his name wrong, but Tom Zanoski, uh, Zanoski, I don't know, starts with a Z, ends with Ski. Zanoski, I think, of some Russian team, Medveskak, Zagreb. I I don't know. I I, I hate butchering the Russian language. And then Chris D'Souza. I do remember Chris D'Souza. He used to play in the um, Blackhawks organization. I do remember D'Souza because I always liked that name. I was like, D'Souza. That's a pretty cool hockey name. Yeah, I saw saw that. I saw that. Zanoski, Tom Zanoski. Yeah, I had, did the interview. It was like talking to the guys, like, hey, you know, and like maybe got like a line out, and the guy like turned around, and and you look at it, and when the I don't know if you if anybody else has seen the video, I will post the link of the ESPN article where you can see the video 
on our page here in a few minutes. So if you're listening to it, um, I will actually share it to our page here when we finish the show so everybody can see it. Uh, but it was pretty cool. The interview is like get one line off, and the guy just turns away from the interviewer, and he's looking at the guy, and you can see him yelling. All of a sudden, you see a stick fly in, and then all you see is the camera pan and just punches flying. And when you look at it, it's one guy against their whole team. Like their whole team is coming, and he's the only guy there from his team. But it was cool because everybody else on the other team was like, nah, we're good. We'll let them fight it out. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah, good. And they end up having security yeah, break it up. Through. But that was I was like, that is the coolest thing. I I don't think I've ever seen that in a you know, in a middle of the inter middle of the intermission a fight breaks out. Like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you don't see that. It was the craziest thing ever. And you know, I I've seen penalties happen after games. Of course you might see a fight right when the period ends. Or you might see, you know, fight after the end of the game, and they actually get penalties tacked on technically at the end of the game. I don't think I've ever seen an instance in any professional sport, well, especially hockey, where people have gotten a penalty minutes, a couple minutes after the period's actually ended, and you're not even on the ice. They both actually got fighting majors, and game misconduct penalties. Wow. For fighting. in the And then five other players also got roughing minors oh, for something that didn't even happen on the ice. <laughs> Man, that's... I don't think I've ever seen that ever happen before. And I saw that and I'm like... You know what? It has a hurricane tie. That's pretty cool. I have no clue who that guy is. That's probably why he's playing in Austria right now. (laughs) Kudos for him continuing his career. But I have no clue who this guy is. But that is awesome. I've never seen that. Yeah, that's some guys that don't like each other. But it's like, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that happen getting fighting majors and misconducts and. Other guys got penalties after, you know, leaving the ice. I don't think I've really ever seen that. You know, we had that big and famous brawl in the locker room between, uh, what was it, the Flames and Canucks, I believe, right when Tortorello was there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One the, yeah, the Canucks, right? Yeah. Um, that big brawl that they had in the kind of locker room, but no one got – I don't think anyone got penalties from that. Besides suspensions, I think this is the first time I've ever seen someone get penalties for something that yeah, happened exactly. off the ice. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, you don't see that very often, but yeah, that was how when I saw that. I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> European hockey, here we go. <laughs> but you know what? It is, you know, you know, if you did it in the NHL, 10, 15 game suspensions, teams are going to get fined. So yeah, it's. You know Brandon Sheeran he was just laying the good one who was even involved in something like that, so Exactly. Know, just run down the like, maybe. Uh I don't think I don't know. Yeah, definitely what you said, fifteen, twenty game suspension. Um let's just run down a quick couple news here, uh, before uh, that we hadn't quite mentioned yet. I know 
some of you, you know, most people have always have already seen it. In case you haven't seen some of the news, the Islanders are finally getting a stadium. Yes, we're actually talking yeah, about saw, the Islanders. Yeah, I saw they're going back to yeah. Long Island. Yeah, yep, going back to Long Island. All the long, all the Long Islanders can finally be quiet. They get their team back. You know, there's only 25 fans over there, anyways. Uh, no, I'm checking for all. Yeah. Uh, we we have a lot of we have a lot of things that we say in uh, Carolina land about the Islanders that we can't quite say on the radio. I mean, we we love them, but uh, yeah, we have jokes yeah. about Islanders fans um, that we can't quite say on the radio, but we love them. But it's great to see they're actually getting the stadium. To me, I would love to see them renovate, and apparently, they're actually going to play a lot of games at Nassau. They're going back to really? Nassau before the stadium is going to be built. Apparently, they're trying to work it out. I saw that. They're trying to work it out. They're going to try to play as many games at Nassau as they can while they're waiting for the stadium to be built. Because, you know, the Barclays hmm. wants them out anyways. And so they got to be out at the end of the next year no matter what. Wow. they got to be out. And the stadium, I think, is not slated. I mean, they just finally got the bid in. Doubt they'll get the stadium done by next year. So you're looking at 2020. So they're definitely going to have to play at least some games in Nassau. They're going to have to play some, find somewhere to play quite a few games. And they're apparently trying to work it back into going back to Nassau. Oh, exactly. I agree, too. I, I, I always thought that was – apparently, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, it was a crap hole. And wasn't a good arena to go play at. A lot, even Long Island fans will say, you know, it wasn't a great arena. But they loved that arena. You know, it was, it was home to them. You know, they they made it a home. It's always a rowdy arena. Everything, you know, the Islanders fans are very passionate. So it's really cool to see that they actually get that. You know, and then you see with Calgary, they may be moving a team. The city's not going to pay. Seattle's getting expansion bid now. You have uh, Arizona did just sign a new lease. They get they did sign a one year lease, uh, so that's good news for all you Arizona fans out there that your team will be staying for at least one more year. Uh, you know, Batman's very set on making that team work in Arizona. Sadly, I don't see it happening. Eventually, they move back to they're going to move to Quebec. Sadly, I think um, I hate that for Arizona because I really, I really like to see small market teams succeed. So you have a lot yeah, of influx, but it's good to see the Islanders get a team because you got to have that rivalry. It wouldn't make sense for the Islanders to move anywhere outside of Long Island. Honestly. I mean, yeah, you can move oh, to New York, but yeah. it, it's not the same. You got to have that intense Long Island New York rivalry. Yeah, Long Island's part of New York, but it's like a whole separate part of New York. You know, it's Long Island Ranger robbery. It's insane. You got to keep that, and I've loved seeing that for the Islanders. Uh, you know, I've loved seeing it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely know what you mean. Just to see how that rivalry come back, and you know, with you know, Arizona keeping them as well, I think that's another great thing. Uh, Arizona's getting their stadium back, and you know, with Seattle redoing Key Arena. You can be seeing Seattle getting an NHL team back. And the funny thing is, they've been asking, like, who who do you think is going to come back? Whether they should name the new team? And 
I think if they're gonna if they're gonna have a team in Seattle, you gotta go back with the Metropolitans because you really think about it, they're the first American team to win the Stanley Cup back in I think like nineteen fourteen or something like that. And if they do, you know you would have to be like, Oh, let's raise a banner for this team who now just got into existence but has the Stanley Cup. And I think it'd be really great if they did that and of course you said with Arizona and more and speaking of more news, uh in his one thousandth one thousandth NHL game, Dustin Brown got the overtime winner for the Kings. So the Kings actually won in overtime. Um, so that leapfrogged them in the second in the league above uh, Vegas, which is pretty interesting. So yeah, so LA won, and I forgot I didn't I forgot to see who took the other game, um, but both of those other two games I think. I think Colorado actually blew that, and I think we lost in overtime as well. Either way, though, those last two Western Conference games were also overtimes as well. So, but outside of, I think, Edmonton and the Dallas Stars game, every other game tonight was either overtimes or a shootout. And that's just crazy. I've never seen that many overtimes and shootouts in one night, so. That's definitely interesting to interesting to see just how that um, how that played out uh, over the over tonight. Just seeing all the all those games finishing like that. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It, it was crazy night. But uh, I want to mention something. You you were talking about the Metropolitans, and you know, I just want to fact check it. Yes, it was 1917, and it was. It, this is really crazy. I'm reading this. It was played, you know, they beat the Montreal Canadiens three games to one. Uh, they scored 23 to Montreal's 11. 14 of Seattle. Man, Lee is just getting absolutely murdered on this technology. I think his iPhone's really just been like, nope, nope, no working for you. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get Lee back probably in a few seconds. But, um, yeah, it's just been, it's just been, a, cra- it's just been a crazy night in the NHL. Yeah, so, yeah, 1970, I know it was in the ballpark. So good thing Lee's on his fact check. It's 1917, but um, Lee, since we finally got you back, <laughs> having a little technical difficulties again. But um, so you were saying about um, you said like 14 of the players or something like that for Seattle. Yeah, yeah, 14 of Seattle's goals were actually scored by Bernie Morris. Oh wow! Uh, I know most people don't know who he is, but uh, 14 goals and uh, four game series—that's pretty. And they were actually played under PCHA rules. Now, I would love to look up PCHA as well, but I don't want to do that. I might have enough difficulties as it is. And but <laughs> i.e. just some short notes: it's seven players per side. Wow! Seven players. Jeez. Uh, games one and three, right? PCHA. Games two and four were played under NHA rules, which is six players per side. That's and this says no. And this in the NHA rules, it says no forward passing. In PCHA rules, it says forward passing allowed in the neutral zone. So apparently, if you were a forward under NHL rules, you could not pass at all. Good <laughs> grief. Well, of course, you think like this was before <laughs> the NHL, right? It's 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 interesting, it's interesting because this is like pre-NHL stuff. Yeah, but like but Pretty like much, I said, yeah. though, I mean, 
I think because honestly, because they because they accepted the bid for Seattle, and I think Seattle is the next team. And honestly, man, I don't see I don't see another team making it to the league because we're already going to be balanced. We're going to have you know sixteen and sixteen. We're going to have even we're going to have even conferences. I honestly don't see a change at all with any more teams coming into the league. I think you know I think Quebec. You know what? <laughs> See you later. Um, you're not you're not going to get a team. Quebec's not going to get a team unless they pull a magic grab out of their hats or something because it's already even over there in the east, and they're just about to make it even in the west. So you know what? <laughs> I think Seattle's going to be up for a long time unless they make some ridiculous number of teams in the league, which I don't see it going past 32. But you know that's just me. But um, yeah, I think I think I may see it at 34, maybe at max, 34. Um, you have to have it at 34 max, especially if you're going to seriously consider Seattle. Um, you know, Calgary's looking for a home here too. Calgary, the city of Calgary, done said yeah, they're done. The team knows they're probably not going to be able to build a stadium. Um, either they're going to have to live in the Saddle Dome. Are they're going to move? And, oh you know, they're going to move more than likely to Houston, in my opinion. I think Houston ends <laughs> up getting a team. Um, before I think I think Houston gets a team before Quebec does. Honestly, I think Calgary moves to Houston before they would ever move to Quebec. But that's just that'd my very, opinion. That'd be very sad if Calgary for like the umpteenth time because they were in Alberta, and then what was it? No, was it they were in they were in Atlanta, and then they became the Alberta Flames, and then they changed to the Calgary no, 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 no. Flames. Yeah, I think so. Were they ever in Atlanta? I thought Atlanta only had the Jets. No, it was the Atlanta. It was the Atlanta Flames, and it was the Atlanta Thrashers. And of course, now they went to become the Jets, and then the Calgary Flames. So yeah, it's just that that is just a that's just a mess and a half. And it's just oh my gracious, it's just it's dumb. But um, I know we're we got about like eighteen minutes in the show left and stuff like that. And I do want to get um, I do there's a little thing that I do want to knock out. Um, that's kind of fun is um, memory memory lane. I I just what I call it. It's like looking back at the hurricanes because you know it's our twentieth anniversary. You know, the Cairns are doing their, you know, 20 memorable moments in the end of, you know, past history of the team. You know, Hermanos gets into the Hall of Fame. You know, we retire Ryan Francis' number. You know, Brandon Moore's got retired. Wes has got retired. In terms of – I'm going to let you go first, Lee. In terms of former Hurricanes players, who was your ultimate favorite growing up in the, over the last 20 years watching Hurricanes hockey – Who's your all-time favorite player ever for the team? And who would you say is your current Hurricane that you're a fan of? I'm interested, I'm interested to see who you would pick for those two. Um, okay. Former player and current player. All right. Former player, I'll have to go with, you know, I grew up here in Greensboro. Followed a lot, a lot of hockey here in Greensboro. Got to see the very first season, had season tickets the very first season of the Hurricanes. You know, saw the Monarchs, saw a lot of players come here. Saw 
quite a few players that actually played in Greensboro actually make their way to the Hurricanes, as in Kevin Weeks. Um, but I would have to say, always growing up, once I fell in love with the Hurricanes, the one guy I always kind of looked up to and kind of always idolized was always Sammy Kapanen. Um, oh, Sammy Kapanen was my boy. He's a short little kid. Yeah, granted, I, I'm taller than him. You know, I'm five eleven, six. You know, well, technically, I'm five seven or six two, depending on what bank or convenience store I walk out of. Oh, that was a <laughs> bad corny joke there. But <laughs> no, I'm like five eleven. You know, Sammy's a little bit shorter. But I always just admired the way he played the game. Just so smooth, Selfie so. Nuts. This silky smooth with a lot of hard, didn't, you know, put his body on the line. That showed, uh, what, two years later after he left the Hurricanes when he was with the Flyers and he just got decimated along the boards there. Um, But, you know, he played played the body, played everything. That That was one guy I always, you know, loved growing up. And I would have to say my current has to be if you if you happen to be one of the lucky few of my friends on Facebook, my personal Facebook page, which I'd never get on, by the way, so don't you – know, you look for me, you find me, but don't expect anything outside the Rock and the Carolinas much. But uh, if you have seen my uh, – post, I know we're friends on it. If you've seen my cover page, it's uh, Cam Ward, without a doubt. Uh, Hurricane-wise, Cam Ward. Uh, I mean, for, what he did for us. No six, you know. I remember crying my eyes out in no two when we lost. Yeah, I knew we had no shot in that series in no two against the Red Wings, but you know it still hurt my feelings that we lost. I cried a little bit, and I cried a little bit when we won in no six. I'm not gonna lie. And you know what? We won no <laughs> six a lot because of Cam Ward. And well, to me a little bit. And then you know I was mostly a Ford growing up, but he inspired me a little bit to play goalie. That, those, those were my are two, as I say, my, when I was growing up, definitely semi-captain. Current favorite, since Sammy's no longer around, would definitely be Cam Ward, without a doubt. I mean, he's been here since 06, lifelong Kane. And in my honest opinion, next Hurricane number we should retire will be Cam Ward's. Oh, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. And you know, for the fact that he's got 302 wins now, all with the teams, that's really saying something. And then you look at Sammy Captain. I think because we've had so many 24s on this team, who wore that, who wore the sweater 24. I think Sammy is the epitome of what number 24 is. I know, you know, Scotty Walker was another great number 24 for us, but you know, Sammy was just. Yep. Sammy was on another level. He was, he was the, <coughs> he was the first Jeff Skinner on the team that was just fast, silky smooth, just makes you jump out of your seat when he scored. And that's just, that's just great to see. And for me, well, lucky thing for me, I moved, I moved to North Carolina. I moved to Apex and Cary um, the same year the Hurricanes moved to Greensboro. Um, Cause we were, we were living in it. We were living in Ohio at the time we moved down. Cause I'm a, I'm an Ohio transplant. Um, we moved down the same same time they did, of course, you know, being from Ohio, we didn't have Columbus, and I'm not going to root for Pittsburgh because I'm from Northeast Ohio, so, you know, Cleveland everything. But the 
my first ever game was a preseason game. It was uh, Carolina against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. So that's really saying some for your first ever game. And then, of course, you know, going to the home opener in 99, and then, of course, going to the um, – I was actually at Game 7 of the Stanley Cup. Finals, and we've talked about it before. I was actually at Game 7 when we won the Cup. But for me, the old-school Hurricanes, I like the man that I've watched, you know, I've seen, you know, the, you know, Bates, Battaglia, um, and even we had, you know, Keith Primo was one of our first captains. You know, I remember when Ronnie was 21 at one point. Sorry, for his jersey number, Alex Erdowski, we even had, I mean, I think we even had uh, Paul Coffey at one point for like a little bit, you know, fun fact. The Hurricanes had Paul Coffey. <laughs> but um, for me, I grew up loving Ronnie Brandemore because he was always a great player. He put his butt on the line game in and game out for us. And, I think, and you know, with him being the assistant captain, one of the alternates when, you know, to – when we played the Red Wings, and like what, not even four years later, he's the captain, you know, with Eric and uh, everyone else, leading us to a cup. And I think that was one of the fantastic things. And his celebration for getting the cup, you just knew that he, he, him, and the rest of the team really wanted it so bad. Did you know Ray Whitney wanted one? You know, Glenn Wesley waited waited so long for Glenn to get one. And just to see that celebration live, and just seeing it in general, like if you looked over the last like few years in terms of like. You know, captains lifting the cup. You ne- you don't see what Ronnie, you don't see what his celebration was anymore. You don't see that, like just pure emotion of holy crap, we finally did it. We got the cup, and we're bringing it to a, to a place where people would never think would happen, and we did. And it's just it's just crazy to think. But uh, in terms of you know current current hurricane, I don't know, after Ronnie retired, I had a hard time picking a favorite player. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I like Jordan Stahl. You know, everyone loves, you know, everyone loves Skinner. Um, you know, everyone loves Wardo. I mean, I love Ward. I mean, he's, he's like, I agree with you. He needs to be retired because for him to have, to be the all-time leader in wins for the team and having all of his wins with us, I think he's going to retire as a Hurricane. I don't see him going anywhere else. I think he's going to be like, you know what, it's time for me to go. I'm not going to go play anywhere else. But if he does, okay, yep. but I hope he doesn't. When he does. Yeah, but, um, I don't think he does either, and we retire his number definitely. Uh, that's the next number in my mind. Yeah, that's going to happen. But I think for me, my current captain has to be – my current – not captain, current hurricane is uh, Jacob Slavin. And I I played forward a lot in hockey, um, so I never I, – I played defense a little bit, but I never really followed a lot of defensive guys because you don't really see them do much. I mean, for me, they do a lot, but – I like I played forwards. I like a lot of forwards, but Jacob Slavin for me is like my current hurricane because he's physical. He'll go and fight when he needs to, but he scores ridiculously good goals. I mean, he's got good hands for a defenseman. And he's our, he's been one of our top. He's in our top pairing too. Like he plays solid game in and game out. You don't really see him making a lot of mistakes. You see him leading really well with Brett Pesci. Excuse me, as our top pairing. I think for me. He, I think after, you know, Jordan Stahl and Falk and Skinner, I think Jacob Slavin is probably, for me, top five in terms of in line to be the next captain of the Hurricanes. I know some people are going to be like, no, how can you say that? Like, you know, we got Justin Williams, you know, we still got Jeff Skinner. And, of course, now people are going to be like, well, what about, you know, Sebastian Ajo? 
and everyone else. I'm like, I, I, I understand that. But I think just, I think Jacob Slavin is one of those guys for years down the road because he's got a long-term contract with us. I think he's going to be a future captain of the Canes. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it'll never happen, but I think for me, and I'm not trying to be a homer or trying to be like, oh, he's a, I think he's the next captain of the Hurricanes at some point down the road. I know other people have disagreements, but that's, I mean, that's just what I'm thinking in terms of captaincy. I mean, we can do that for another show, but that's what I'm just thinking. But for me, oh, Jacob yeah, definitely. is I'll, my favorite like Hurricane right now. I, I, I like the slaving pick. You know, I mean, you just talking about him, I'll pull up his stats real quick. Um, you know, he is having an off year, of course, but you really look at it. He's only been in the league three years. He's only had one full season on his, under his belt. Yes, he played a lot of the 2015-2016 season. He played in 63 games and had 20 points in that season. You know, last season was his first full season, a uh, really breakout season, plus 23 on the season, 34 points with five goals, mostly assist guy. Right now, you know, this is definitely a step-back season. You And you would have to really say that for a lot of hurricane defensemen. It is a step-back season right now for a lot of hurricane defensemen. And they're not producing what they did last year. And, you know, I mean, Slavin's only got three goals, five assists. Do I think he turns around? Yes, he's a young guy. You know, everybody has stumbles. I mean, uh, look at the uh, young Flyers rookie. Uh, got us be here. Oh, God or however you pronounce Yeah, Goddess Beer, yeah. I like to call him Goddess Beer. Yeah, or <laughs> Ghost Beer. Ghost Beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, however, you know, whatever he wants to pronounce his name this week. It's like Sekera. You didn't know which way he wanted to pronounce his name a certain oh my way. Gosh. Sekera, that's, that's, yeah, that's Sekera. That's a whole different conversation. Sekera, yeah. Man, whatever, yeah, but <laughs> – uh, so, so he kind of reminds me a lot of what you know, Beers is going into right now. You know, just kind of going into a little slump. But I think he's going to be all right. You know, he's he's just only he's only had one technical full season under his belt. Yeah, he played in a lot of games the season before, but this is his technical first real, second real full season in, where he's playing oh, yeah. every game. He's part of the lineup every night. Yeah, you're going to have a little bit of regression. You're going to have people and teams figuring out how you play and counteracting that. And then now this is a good time for him. Yeah, he may be having a off season, but he I really believe out of really our defensive guys right now that can turn around, I think he's probably most tooled to turn it around where he can take knowing that – the uh, the opposing team is going to pressure him a little bit more. They're going to get up in his face. They're going to be more physical with him. They're going to try to disturb him more, and he's going to have to adjust his game. And I have full confidence that he'll adjust his game. Yeah, you may not see it really plan out in terms of points throughout a year, but you'll see them start making steady improvements. Yeah, you might think a lot of people think, Peter systems messed up, whatever, everything else. And we'll have that for our next show and talk about Peter's. In fact, uh, for our next show, we'll do a hot stove Bill Peters segment where we talk Bill Peters for a good little bit and everything and what we would do if we were in Bill Peter's shoes and then, uh, so to speak. But, um, you know, you're going to see players regress a little bit. They're not going to have 
stellar years every year. You know, his name's not Alexander, Alexander Ovechkin. He's not going to have constantly 40 goals, you know. You're not going to have that constant production you expect from a guy. You're going to have a guy that's learning his way into the NHL. I really like him. I really like watching him play. I think Pesci will be able to pick up his game as well. I really like that pairing. I think it's a good young pairing that can contribute for many years. So I really, really like that pick uh, for you, man. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I know I like Ward, and I'm kind of a homer. You know, I've been around for a long time, and I love Ward. And Yeah, I've seen a lot of players come through here in the Hurricane organization that I could pull for. You know, I can't fault you with the Roddy, of course. Uh, yeah, granted, we only had him for, what, a year and a half, two years in the trade um, as a Hurricane. But uh, you know, I, I can't fault you on that one there, you know, being a, a high transplant. But it's good to see you uh, not go with uh, – you know, Columbus came in there in 03. I know you were down here just before. Uh, but – Good to see you not go back to your Ohio roots and uh, pulling for the Canes. Yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely for sure. Yeah, because by 2000, it's like, you know, well, I mean, the Canes, I mean, I know the Canes just got into their arena in 99, but by then it's like, you know, going to a lot of games in Greensboro and then, of course, going to the new arena and just going to multiple games. So I remember, I remember, I remember we had a massive snowstorm one year. I mean, and they had a random, like, makeup game in the middle, like, at noon. And I remember going to work with my dad because he used to work at the Raleigh Durham Airport, um, and we would like, he would take me to work. We'd leave, go right to the game, and then come back. So then we had like a <laughs> two hour break where we were just going to go watch Hurricane hockey like at noon during a weekday. And it's just yeah, and I mean everyone's like, well, you're from Ohio, how come you can't like the Jackets or Pittsburgh? I'm like, that's just not how it was. I mean, my dad at that point he was a Wayne Gretzky fan, so he was Oilers and Rangers. He was Oilers, Kings, and then Rangers because he he liked Gretzky. Because there's no team in because there's no team in Ohio, and you got you never pick Detroit, you would never pick Pittsburgh. So other than that, who do you really pick? You're not going to pick Chicago. So it's just one of those things where it just worked out to where, and of course, it's just it's just how it was. But yeah, I love the Hurricanes, man. They're going to be my team forever. But man, we are coming up to about a minute and forty seconds left in the show. And, man, I can't believe we knocked out the two hours. I thought we we're going to be like, man, I don't even fill those two hours up and. You look at the clock, they got nine seconds left. It's, <laughs> I think we did. It's crazy how in our first two-hour show, we was like, oh, how are we going to fill it up? And you talk hockey, you have no problem filling that time up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's it's been a lot of fun. You know, you know, I had some uh, phone issues on my end where my phone wanted to go crazy. I kind of actually figured out it. I think it was something to do with my headphones. Um, oh, probably. So eventually, I just end up just to connect it and then putting it on speaker and everything. But uh, it was great, you know, for our first two-hour show. This is a huge accomplishment for us here. I'm going to try to finish up before we go into overtime. But uh, it was a huge accomplishment for us here at Rockin' the Carolinas. We just want to bring all the fans of NHL together and talk hockey. And, yeah, we we did expect a couple of other of our owners here at Rock in the Carolinas to come on tonight. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it with us. They had some prior, uh, some things that come up, uh, some family issues. So, of course, yeah, you know, definitely. We, we really miss having them not be on the show. But uh, they will definitely be on. 
uh, shows coming up uh, and join and be joining us as well, besides me and Zach. So you'll be hearing some new voices here soon. You'll hear Lauren, you'll hear Evan, you'll hear Colin as well, um, and some others that you hadn't heard before. Um, but you can always follow us on Facebook, Rockin' the Carolinas. Follow us on Twitter as well. We're on Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram as well. You can check us out there. You can hit, hit all up of our shows. If you happen to miss a show, you can find us. We'll be on iTunes here shortly. I know we've been saying that for the past couple of shows, but iTunes is being funky with us. They don't want to really want to accept our podcast. I don't know what it is, but they said it could take up two weeks. Maybe with the holidays, they're getting a little slow, but it's okay. We'll be on iTunes soon. So if you miss any shows, and you want to listen to us, you missed us live, or you listened to us live and we went over something, you can check us always out at Blog Talk, always out on Facebook. Any of our links of a show, you can always click back on that link. It'll take you straight to the show. And we'll all, it will be on iTunes soon here as well. Once we have iTunes running, we'll make a big announcement about that. But I mean, it was great. Two-hour show, our first two-hour show, it was awesome. Talking two hours hockey, I didn't think we could do it. I mean, I was sitting here about 11.45, getting ready to get on the show going, man, I'm tired. I mean, that game took, some, <laughs> took it out of me. But then I, it's like a second wind came in talking about hockey, and it was it was great talking with you, Zach. And I can't wait. I, I, I think we're going to do a pregame show for uh, Buffalo Saturday, and we'll probably do a postgame show as well. Um, it probably won't, it won't be a two-hour show, of course, um, we'll go back to our normal. Our two-hour shows are going to be a weekly show, by the way. Uh, we're just going to have one two-hour show. We may make it occasionally two, uh, but you can expect a good ration of pre-game and post-game shows from us from the now future, at least always 30 minutes. We might go a little bit over. We'll probably set up the shows for an hour or so, and that way you can always listen to us live in case we go over. We don't have to worry about y'all missing anything out for us here on live. And of course, uh, we would love for y'all to uh, check us out in the chat room. You know, if you come on the show and you come on blog talk, only we have a chat room open that you can come in and chat with us on the show as well. Uh, If you want to call in, we're going to have our call in number active here soon as well. So if you fans want to come in and talk some hockey with us, you're more than welcome to. We're going to activate that here soon as well. It's just, it's just good. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Rockin' the Hurricanes has a bright future, and uh, can't wait for all the other shows. Yeah, no, man, I'm 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 really excited. And like and like Lee said, it's just make sure to follow us on Twitter at Rockin' Carolinas. Follow us on Instagram at Rockin' Carolinas, and also on Facebook at Rockin' the Carolinas. So, you know, hit the like button. You know, hit follow us. You know, tweet us out. Um, if you got any questions, hit us with a tweet. Maybe we'll uh. And we'll pull some of your questions and do, you know, check our tweet mail. Rock in the Carolinas tweet mail. You know, might be some might be something we might start doing. Um, even on Instagram, you know, got a question, hit us up on there. Facebook, same thing. Well if you got questions for us, hit us up. We might we might just call you out and give you an answer to one of your questions. Um, you know, anything that has to do with the page, hurricanes, NHL related, or even ask us a question. You know, like what made you love the Hurricanes? You know, who's your favorite player? Or, like, what do you see the team in the future? Or, like, you know, anything like that. We would love to hear about it. But, yeah, no, we, it was it was great talking to you for our first two-hour show. I thought, man, like, how are we going to fill this up? But you know what? 
get a couple guys together and get people to start talking about hurricanes hockey and NHL in general. That I think one of the greatest sports in the world. You have no problem setting that up for two hours, but um, yeah, I can definitely see us doing pregame for Buffalo and def- I'm I'm definitely down to you know do another postgame like you said. I think you know set it for about an hour, see if we built the whole hour or if we go a little bit short, just depending on what happens. That way we're not getting you know constrained to that thirty minute, thirty forty five minute window. So. But no, man, it was, it was a great time talking with you. And um, you know, it's I know it's two o'clock here on the East Coast, and everyone over there looking at you know eleven on the West Coast. So that was a great time talking to you, man. And you know what? <laughs> I think it's time to hit the hay and you know just reminisce of that Carolina Hurricanes win. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And then happen, you know, just look forward to uh, hopefully another win Saturday. And like I said, yeah, we're. Uh, I know for one, I'm definitely do. We're definitely going to do a pregame show. I don't know who all will be on there. It may just be me, but we're definitely going to do a pregame show. Probably more likely do a postgame show as well. So, but you can check all the information. Everything will be breaking on our Facebook page first, uh, and then Twitter and then Instagram. Everything will follow right after that um, as well. So, if you want to keep up to date with us, you love our show, you like listening to us, you want to be on the show, like you said, questions, you got any kind of questions, we'll answer them. You might get lucky enough to be on the show. You know, we'll answer your question on the show. There may be questions we answer outside of the show. There may be questions we think is good enough to save for the show. Hey, we may even think, hey, that question is so good, let's get this person on the show. You know, hey, we may do that as well. If you'd like to be on the show, hey, Send us a message. You never know. You might be able to get on the show. Like I said, we got some great guests lined up for our first, co- our next couple of two-hour shows here we're going to do here in the next couple of weeks. Of course, you know, stay tuned to our Facebook page to see all those updates. When we're doing, we haven't set a set day in stone. Um, we're going to try to do a normal day every week where we do our two-hour show at a set time. But uh, occasionally we're going to move it around. We may just work with it moving around for a couple of weeks. Um, before we actually do a set time and day um, just to work with everybody's schedules and see what's working best for everyone because, you know, we want y'all's participation just as much as, you know, we're out here working for it. Like you said, it's 2 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast. And, uh, yeah, yeah, my bed is looking pretty inviting right now. And all it says (laughs) on it is, like, hurricane dreams of greatness. So that's what I'm looking for right now, just reminiscing this hurricane wind and then wake up feeling great and refreshed in the morning and look forward to a hurricane wind against the Sabres uh, tomorrow. Yep, no, definitely. That's for sure. That's what I'm reminiscing about, enjoying Friday, enjoying for the Sabres on Saturday. But all right, Kaniac Nation, you know, it's time to hit the hay, time to think about some Great Hurricanes wins, and as the Scorpions would say, we'll rock you like a hurricane, and we'll see you next time here on Rockin' the Carolinas. Have a great night, everybody.